more ultra less ladies all things ultra all things ladies dirt runner trail runner mother runner badass mountain runner welcome to the ultra ladies show i'm your host sarah terhar and i'm your host nancy shura durvin and every week we're here to educate share stories and humor that help inspire you to run your first ultra or your best ultra whether you're on a run commuting to work or busy parenting get ready for some laughter and some real talk about this gritty sport we all love Today's show is sponsored by Trail Run Events. Join the fun at their next event, Cirque de Griffith, at the historic Griffith Park in Los Angeles on April 1st and 2nd for a 3, 6, 12, 24-hour or 100-mile race option. The USA Track and Field Certified Course takes place on the dirt equestrian path around the beautiful Harding Golf Course. How far can you run, jog, or walk in 3, 6, 12, or 24 hours? You keep going and they will calculate your mileage for you. Timed ultra marathon races are super fun because you can always have someone to run with on a flat course and enjoy racing light, knowing you have support every 2.43 miles. Visit trailrunevents.com for more information. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Ultra Ladies podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Karen Blount, who is the owner of Runner Coffee Company and a runner herself. And I'm really excited because she's going to share her running story with us and how and why she started a coffee company. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. We got some fall weather going on around the Los Angeles area and the coastal areas, and I'm digging it. (laughs) Me too. The colder, the better for me. You like it cold. Okay, that's good. I do. <laughs> yeah. well, I originate from the Pacific Northwest with Oregon and Washington originally, mm-hmm. even though I love it down here. I do like a little taste of that cooler weather to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, make it feel like we do have four seasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I that's one too. thing I've, I've always wanted to experience is like the four seasons. And unfortunately, we don't get that in California. Yeah. But it's one of the reasons people like it so much. It is. And actually in endurance sports, we have a, a funny acronym that we say. Um, it's California overtraining syndrome. Okay. <laughs> because they can train year round. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't, you know, there's no off season. There's no like snow for two months or anything. So it's really easy for them to just keep training constantly. Right. Months a year. But yeah, it's uh, it could really be something, but yeah, I enjoy it. And I think it's really great for running itself, the cooler weather after a really hot season and, um, women it's been researched and they PR in cooler temperatures. I think the temperature is like 48 degrees for women's PR. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. Women over men, like yes, men don't. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And that's actually have some connections to, hormones and our body temperatures, how they fluctuate. And yeah. We do, but yeah. <laughs> not, not related to coffee, but, or, or running, but one of the reasons I like colder weather so much is because of snowboarding season. Oh, so I, I know like when it's cold and raining, like where I live, it means snow for the mountains most of the time. Oh, and you're a snowboarder. Yeah. So awesome. <laughs> I really want the snow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Well, it sounds like you're into multiple sports then. That's, that's really <laughs> fun. So Karen, tell us, when did you become a runner? And what does that look like for you in your life? Okay. Um, I kind of just fell into running, I would say at a pretty young age, um, around my junior high years. So like 12, 13 years of age, only because my dad would go out on runs. Mm -hmm. Um, and going up, I was always like pretty athletic. I never did any team sports. So like going out on like these runs with my dad is what I would do. And then fast forward to my high school years I joined the cross-country team um but funny enough there I don't really think I enjoyed it that much I wasn't like amazing and practices weren't that fun for me so I did I only did it for like a season but I I kept running like on my own and all throughout college just like a pastime of mine and then um when I would say I really, really got into it and like started enjoying it was at, later as like a young adult when it was just a way to like decompress and like clear my mind or like get over a, a hard day. Um, during those runs, I found that like the longer I would run, the better I would feel. And like, it was just like such a great way to like, get rid of so many emotions I thought so that's what really like reignited my um love for running now as an adult um and then doing that like I would just run longer distances over time until I was like up to running five miles so not not that much especially like you know compared like depending on what you compare it to to crazy ultra runners yeah, <laughs> like five miles is nothing for yeah. you guys. But um, I decided to do a 5K in my hometown. And I came in like first in my age group and second overall girl. Oh, so I was like, what? Enough. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, I wasn't expecting that result. And then that just like made me want to keep doing it and like do these like local <laughs> races and yeah. just have fun. I joined a running club and just got really into it after that. Nice. Well, it is a known stress reliever for many mm-hmm. people and they have done research on that as well, but it not only running but any sport that you love really can be a stress reliever. But the act of running many people tend to sift information or kind of like get rid of it, you know, um mm-hmm. as they run and so that has been really beneficial for people mentally and physically, you know, when they, when turn, they feel great. They feel great through the day or the next day or through the night, Mm -hmm. they sleep better, but also they've sometimes worked out issues that they've been trying to solve and been fixating on because they've kind of meditated on them while they're on the run. Mm -hmm. So it has multiple benefits for sure. And it's so neat that you found that. Um, I have a similar story in that I started running after a bad breakup in high school. (laughs) I was running on my own in Keds, no running shoes (laughs) for like a mile or two at home on paved and gravel roads and just did it, I think, because it felt good and went from there to being encouraged by a really good friend to join the track team. And she then was always just encouraging me to come out. She's like, I know you're running on your own. Why don't you come do it with the team? And 
So I did. And she was always encouraging me to chase her. And she was third on the team in as far as packing order and speed. And I was always fourth and she was always just in front of me. And I was always just really trying to catch her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I ended up joining cross country as well. Did a season of that. It was my senior year. Actually tried joining in my, let's see, my junior year. And they were doing a lot of politicking and fighting over who was going to be captain and things. And oh. I really just kind of talk about team sports. I didn't like that either. So. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, let's, I don't want to do that. And then ended up coming back the next season and really enjoyed myself and had a good time. And so we, we all have different experiences with that, whether it be team or whether it be running on your own, but the fact that you found it younger, but didn't really bite in really super hard is interesting. And that they've found now that athletes who don't fixate on one sport too young end up performing better usually later after high school in a sport that they love. That's so interesting because when I say I wasn't good at cross country, I literally mean I was coming in like last or second to last. Okay. Yeah. And I remember like back in the day thinking like counting down the minutes of like when this workout (laughs) is going to end and like how much longer do I have like hating it. (laughs) And now like it's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So you went from that to running and your everyday life just routinely throughout your week for yourself because you loved it. And do you run on both the road and trail or mostly in, on road right now? Or what do you find yourself doing? Mostly on road. I kind of just came across trail running. Okay, actually, correct me if I'm wrong, but like trail running can be as simple as like maybe not a crazy long distance but just like running literally on a trail oh yeah of course yeah okay short yeah so I did have it on my bucket list to want to do and one day I just like randomly came across the opportunity to do it so I did and that was because like I previously mentioned I had joined this running club and um one of the guys on my team like was like let's run together like um So I started running with him and we met up for a run outside of the club one day and he was, and it was on a trail and it was funny because it was this trail close to my house that I had like put on my like bucket list of like one day I'm going to run this trail. And I thought that I was like years away from accomplishing that goal. And that day, like, that's what we were going to run. And I was there ready to run. I wasn't going to say no. So I kind of just happened to do that run. And that was about a six mile run. Oh, wow. That I did. Um, So after that, having joined the club, having done that, and like, um, having met this group of people that could be like these guides for my running was so helpful. Because running alone is one thing because no one else is like motivating you. You're mm-hmm. your only motivator running in a team. Like you get to bounce ideas off of people and they push you to do better. Sometimes just out of like what we call peer pressure. Like you don't want to be like the slow person in the pack or you don't <laughs> want to be the one holding everyone back, you know? Yeah. So, it's good, healthy competition. Yeah. <laughs> so I started running trails like maybe once a week or once every two weeks 
like through this club with members of the club. And then they told me about this race up in Mount Baldy, California. Um, they were all signing up for it. So I said, sure. Like I was a yes man, like mm -hmm. in that club. So I did it, <laughs> trained a couple of times for it. And then race day came and I ran it. Um, but yeah, that's like my experience on like the trails. Most of the time I'm running on like roads. Yeah. So with ultra running, it can be on trails or road and it can be a combination of both sometimes some people think, oh, it's only the mountains, but no, I mean, look at bad water, bad water's on road. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, it can be either, it's more about that. It's the endurance of running really long, right. And challenging your body through that. Uh, I will say a lot of ultra runners do love trail compared to road because there's something about it, you know, being in the mountains, being in that kind of atmosphere away from maybe what they're around in their everyday life. But many of us do train on both. And it's really good for the body actually to train for both uh, for most people because it allows your body to have the physical strength and adaptations from running on pavement along with trail if they ever want to do uh, throw in a road race here and there, you know, mm -hmm. in their setup. If they ran on trail only, they would have to do a little more training or they might be hurting like if they went out and did a half marathon all on pavement and they're only running on trail because the surface is different. So um, that's really beautiful that you found that opportunity and that you were able to just show up and check one off your bucket list. And you're like, wow, here I am doing it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I checked two off the bucket list because and mom was crazy. So the run up Mount Baldy, mm -hmm. which I want to do that again. I missed huh? it this year because um, of like my schedule, but yeah. it already happened. Um, I had on my bucket list to summit Mount Baldy, just hiking like a walk. Mm -hmm. And I never thought that I would do that actually. And much less by running it. Yeah. Of course, there are times like in that race where like I had a walk just because it's so steep. Yeah. And I'm um, I'm amazed that people can run up that. But yeah. 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 That was cool. <laughs> well, for many people and like the women that we support with educating through Ultra Ladies, we are here to encourage and educate them on how they can safely get into ultra running or how they can feel safe at getting out on the trail. Many of our ultra runners come from the road running world and they have never been on a trail or they have done half marathons or full marathons, but they've never been on trail. And so they look forward to learning how they can safely navigate and also protect themselves if they need to, or preemptively just learn safety tactics while they're out there. But also there's also the safety of education of learning how to run long and manage your body and take care of it while you're out there. And so we teach all those things in a group format through ultra ladies. And so what you experienced on a smaller level of going out and like feeling a little bit of intimidation of like, Oh, I'm going to do this trail out here is exactly what many feel and is exactly why ultra ladies was formed. And so um, it's really neat that if we kind of have that in common with the group and with your background there. Mm -hmm. So I love that you shared that story. So how often do you run? I try to run at least five times, five days a week. Okay. Oh, and once a day. Yeah. Yeah. Do you vary your distances then? Yeah. Um, usually my run, like 
on the daily is no less than three miles Mm -hmm. and it can go up to depending on like what the club is having us do Mm -hmm. or like what I'm trying to train for up to like 10 14 miles okay in a a run do they usually pick a a goal that the club is all working towards or is it based on individual needs it's usually a goal that the like club is working towards so I joined the club because I wanted to run a marathon Mm -hmm. which that I still haven't done (laughs) um but leading up to the marathon Mm -hmm. um they had like structured this plan to Mm -hmm. get us in shape for the marathon that was like Mm -hmm. months away and in between that like you sprinkle in some races that you yourself look up and want to Mm -hmm. run Mm -hmm. just to keep like your motivation and drive Mm -hmm. going yeah of course so you still have to run a marathon do you have a marathon yeah (laughs) the LA marathon okay (laughs) is what I would want to start off with okay Nice. And, and I, I had, it's the reason, like I said, it's the reason I had joined this club because they offered like marathon training. Yeah. Um, but training for a half marathon that was going to be in Malibu, um, I got injured. And so like mm. that made me take like a hiatus from my running for a long time because it like was an injury I had hurt in the past. Ah, uh, okay. Not not even through running. Like the first right. time I heard it, it wasn't through running. Okay. But um, that made me like sit out for like way longer than I thought I would yeah. have to. So that was a bummer. Um, I did get to run the distance of a half marathon, but not the actual race. I had to like miss it. Oh, I'm sorry. What was your injury? You Groin. We're going okay yeah yeah it's painful <laughs> very painful yeah um and even now like depending on the weather or if I've like walked a lot it sometimes still flares up mm-hmm. for like reasons like that I do feel like man there's like such a huge benefit in like working with someone that like n- knows about this sort of stuff because yes. had they known what I was like feeling they probably would have adm- advised me to like go yes. about it a different way <laughs> yes versus like your buddies in the club that are runners and just maybe think you're like being a baby or something yes. I, I don't know yes absolutely <laughs> there is a a line there that is a great area that for many runners that like you said is, is the value in working with a coach or coaching group is that there is a difference between injury soreness and normal soreness from upping your exertion and the demands on your body and training. And some runners have a hard time until they've experienced quite a few different things of knowing what that is. And it can be really damaging actually, because they'll push through something they shouldn't have pushed through mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. It's a process. So definitely work with somebody that's educated if you can to, to help you navigate that while you're still learning and until you mm-hmm. become quite seasoned and even seasoned athletes, there's a lot of value of having a coach or a coaching group in that. Um, it just helps you remove that decision mm-hmm. <laughs> from being hundred percent yours when you might, you know, maybe do something you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's see here. I want to talk about your company. You have a company called Runner Coffee Company, and mm-hmm. obviously it's got runner in the name. So tell us the story of 
you're a runner and why did you start a coffee company? Okay. Um, I started a coffee company because that has always been my dream. Like before, like getting back into running and it wasn't, it was just something I've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I got into the coffee industry. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm actually like working as a roaster, like Mm -hmm. during my, my day job is a roaster. Okay. Um, cause like I said, I wanted to get into the coffee business, have my own. And when I came to my husband with this idea years ago, his response was, okay, cool, but you don't know anything about coffee. So I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like, let me get my foot in the door and see <laughs> what I can learn about the industry. Uh-huh. So I started working in coffee um, to just like learn the ins and outs and ended up loving it more than I ever thought I would. Um, you learn so much about this trade, like at least things that I would have never thought of. And like growing up, if you would have told me like, you're going to become a coffee roaster, I probably would have looked at you like, (laughs) what is that? Coffee needs to be roasted. Like I, I didn't know any of this. So I like fell in love with the craft and like, I'm still like so fascinated by everything that goes into it from like the fun aspect of like community to like the chain of like production from like origin to cup as we like so often say I'm sure there's way more that goes into it than people think when they are drinking a cup of coffee (laughs) yeah A, a lot of things are like that like we see the same chain of production like in chocolate wine like yes it's it's a craft and I love that aspect of it um so I started like forming this brand and I decided to gear it towards runners because I had noticed in my own personal runs that when I would drink coffee my runs were like that much more enjoyable I I wasn't even thinking like of the scientific aspect or like my performance as an athlete necessarily. I was just like thinking, I feel like the run is more fun every morning that I have coffee. So I was like, there. I mean, this has to correlate some way or another. Sure. So like, <laughs> let me just like make a, a brand and like see if like gearing it towards runners works. Um, I had been working with this other company that what gave me the idea was that I had been working with this company that, um, was for golfers. Mm. And so like, okay, golf and coffee don't necessarily go hand in hand, but it works. So I was like, maybe runners are like into the idea too. So I decided to go for it. Um, kind of just, it, it snowballed way faster than what I thought it would. Cause I started my Instagram. I put together like my logo and my design and just like started posting like things on Instagram with like just information on the coffee and like how it could help runners. Um, and I started like following runners and like running accounts. And I got messaged by this college runner that like told me that they can now be sponsored. The NCAA like allows them to like work with like sponsors. And if I would be interested in like sponsoring him. 
So I was like, okay, sure. Like not really knowing much about what that would look like or anything. And then I got, I got more like traction from that more other athletes like reaching out to me and it like kind of grew faster than I ever thought. I would say faster than I was ready for in a way too. Um, and then eventually this like got me um, a, an ultra runner that was like interested in what I was doing. And he has helped me like a lot. And that was actually my first introduction into, into ultra running and like what it is. Um, so I like started working with him and he would like help me like with ideas and like photos and video stuff. And so um, that's how that kind of got started. Like I would say all through an Instagram that just was noticed by a person. <laughs> all because you had a passion for running yeah. and coffee. Yeah. Um, I knew that there was like a market for coffee and like athletes in general. So it was like runners have to be like into this. I think I am personally, and I can't be the only one. Yeah, for sure. Well, I love that you are so passionate about your craft and that you have this, this hobby and um, it's a health goal for you to keep running in your life. And that you thought, let me try to blend the two a little bit. (laughs) Let's blur that line a little bit. And that that's where you're coming from because it comes across, I think, like anything, anything you're passionate about is going to show in what you're doing. So for me, it's the running itself and helping other runners find that passion, whether it's just an adventure run or whether it's in learning how to improve themselves or do a race. Um, I really love that aspect of it. And I think that you can start anytime. (laughs) You know, I was an endurance runner and didn't do ultra running until I was 40. So (laughs) you can start anytime. And I I believe that the same for anything you do. So for you, you were coffee roasting. I'm sure you've had other jobs you've done in the past, but you're like, Mm -hmm. Hey, let me try this. And I think your when your heart goes into it, it shows and shines through. Yeah. I, before like coffee, I was like, in marketing oh, okay um I had already gone to school gotten my degrees and I decided to get like a job as a barista because I wanted to do coffee like I wanted to learn about it and find out either I'm gonna love it or I'm gonna hate it and I was right I was gonna love it um and then yeah one thing led to another and runner coffee was made as I like started putting the two together I like started researching more about like the benefits of coffee not really knowing what I was gonna find like if this was just something like that was in my head mm-hmm. and then it turns out like no there's like a lot of information on the be- benefits of caffeine and the sport of running there and really every sport is. Yes, yeah really is and there's more and more coming out there's of course in the sport of ultra running there's more and more research being done they're finding more accurate methods to collect data on runners out in the field in the environment in which we run in the past you know a lot of research has been done in a lab on a treadmill and those that's hard to it's hard to recreate conditions right that mm-hmm. of a trail athlete for instance <laughs> in a lab um they do their best but it 
it really isn't the same exactly. So it's neat to see that technology is improving all the time and that they'll have some better methods. And that means that we'll have more accurate research from those down the road. But there is a known benefit for most athletes that they can enhance their performance anywhere from one to 4% by using caffeine before their long and hard efforts. And even, and I say long and hard, I mean, even a 5k race, you need to take it about 30 to 60 minutes before for most people. And I say for most people, because I know some people out there are sensitive to caffeine or sensitive to coffee. So you do need to experiment with this ahead of time and find out what works for you. Myself, I tend to be very sensitive to caffeine. So usually about half of what everyday people would would take is what I would use. Um, And I don't use it routinely in my daily life. I only use it occasionally. So probably twice a week, maybe, and definitely on long, hard efforts. And in um, a single cup of coffee, you can take anywhere from what I found is like, was it 30 to 60 milligrams? Does that sound right for what yours is of caffeine in one cup? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. And so the recommended amount is that you take um, between three and six milligrams, but then you can edit that according to what your body is and your body weight. And there's all kinds of recommended amounts out there for that. But again, this is going to be based on what runners want to experiment with and what they want to try. If you're used to doing a cup of coffee in the morning before you know you get started with your day, whether you're running or not, then your amount that you're going to need in order to, to improve performance is going to be probably twice that when it comes to performance day, because your body's already used to a single cup of coffee every day, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you got that race coming up, you might want to have a second cup of coffee within that hour before. Yeah. I've heard, like, I've seen the example of, um, like the 12 ounces for a person that's 150, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, a 12 ounce cup for a person that's 150 pounds. Yes. Um, if you think about it, like that's a good sized cup of coffee. Yeah, it is. Like, like that's, for I'm most not, people, that's like the medium size if you're not sure and you're thinking in your head or you're driving and you yeah. can't picture it. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah, go get your like, coffee to go, it'd be like the medium size. For sure. And of course, that's also going to depend on what kind you're drinking, whether you're drinking something that is uh, Americano or you're drinking a traditional brewed coffee. Those are going to have various amounts. So it's going to go based on, in that case, the shot that you're going to have and then that coffee. And for those that might be simple um, or sensitive to coffee, a simple alternative is also caffeine tablets. So I want to touch on that briefly, or maybe you want to do both. That's something to work out with your coach or your nutritionist that you're working with is look into that. Caffeine tablets give you the perks of the caffeine, but without the coffee. So if you're wanting to do coffee first, and then you need to continue with just caffeine, you could definitely supplement that way. And the tablets, a lot of them come in a 200 milligram form, and you could definitely have those if you want. but you can also just take a whole one. You, again, this needs to be experimented with when you're out practicing ahead of your race or your effort. There's also gels that have caffeine in them. And a simple thing you can do is just to switch to caffeinated at a certain time, which I'll touch on in a minute. But that's 
the, there is known use of getting perks from caffeine before your effort. And one to 4% is a huge amount of improvement mm-hmm. from just a cup of coffee. <laughs> you ask me. Yeah. That's a I lot. Think, um, from my like research, I'm, I always come, I, I feel like everyone always kind of comes back to the perks and the benefits that caffeine does do like on runners overall. Like, um, if there ever is any pushback, I think like they always kind of come back to it as like, no, it's a good thing. Yeah. For most people it is. And again, this is where you have to practice what you're going to do ahead of time. So if you think, oh, I might be sensitive, then definitely practice on a day where you're running shorter, not a day you're going to have a 20 miler (laughs) because you Mm want to see what's going to happen with your body. Some people are a little more sensitive to the acid in coffee. And um, I'm sure you could give us some recommendations for that, Karen, based on the roast, because I believe there's a difference in dark Mm -hmm. versus light, right? Mm -hmm. So I would definitely recommend if like acid is an issue to go with like a darker roast, Um, just because more of the acidity is like preserved the lighter you roast it. Obviously, it's in the roaster less time. Most of the time, less heat is applied as well, okay. resulting in the lighter roasted coffee. Okay. Um, there's also more. It's also important to note that, like, the lighter the coffee is roasted, the more the caffeine is preserved as well. Oh. Which is why, like, if you notice, like, a morning blend that you might find at the grocery store mm-hmm. is usually going to be, like, a medium roast, medium mm-hmm. to light. Versus like um, an Italian or a French roast, like those aren't promoted for like morning blends because there's less caffeine in those. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, often like I hear people like kind of mention that they don't necessarily like specialty coffee shops because they feel like it does affect them like in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like referring to like the how acidic a coffee is um and that's because specialty coffee shops were seeing them use like lighter roasted coffees more and more because mm. you know versus like the more traditional coffee shops which have like the medium to dark roasts that sure. we're like i think mostly still familiar with um it also can vary on so, yeah. who's making the coffee as to how much is being put in there And there's too much variance there if you're really trying to get very technical with your diet and your nutrition intake and your training. You want to manage exactly how much you're taking in. So if you're, if you buy, let's say an athlete buys a coffee from you and they brew it themselves, they're going to know exactly how much by how much they brew if they're measuring it out. And that will give them the control they need over the caffeine intake. If you go to, any, let's say, uh, really well-known coffee place. And, um, and Sally makes your coffee one day and the next day Joe makes your coffee. They might be two completely different, even if it's made with the same blend of coffee and the same size, because Sally might've been a little heavy on her scoop or. You know? Yeah, so totally. Yeah. 
Then. I would definitely recommend like making the switch to like home brewed coffee, partly for that reason. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't all the time, but like I definitely have a scale, and I know like, okay, this is how many grams of coffee I'm gonna have. This is how much grams of water I'm gonna put into it, and if I want to extract more, I can mess around with like the grind size. If I if I I can add more water, I can brew with hotter temperatures like Mm -hmm. as specific as i think caffeine intake okay people can take like their caffeine intake in regards to running like to a really specific level Mm -hmm. hence like why there's like these tablets and like others like forms that are more um like exact than a cup of coffee Mm -hmm. i feel like if you're brewing your coffee at home and depending on how nerdy about about it you want to be, you can be pretty close to like that precise. precise with your cup of coffee as well. Okay. So give us some tips with that. Let's get nerdy. Cause we do have, I'll tell you, ultra runners can be completely nerdy. So okay. <laughs> let's talk about um, brewing it yourself and the differences. So grinding has a difference right? Mm-hmm. And you're talking about water. So give us some tips here, start to finish and you're brewing your coffee, what would make a difference in the type of coffee they're having? So let's like, just for arguing for this example's mm-hmm. sake, we're starting with like a medium roasted coffee. Okay. I would say that that's what most of us are using and what most of us enjoy. Um, your brewing method is going to matter. Um, sorry, the grind that you use is going to matter depending on the brewing method that you have. Okay. So I use like a Pemex, which is a pour over. So it's like a medium to coarse grind. Okay. Um, my water temperature is like, they recommend 205 degrees Fahrenheit. So mm-hmm. like, mm. just like a little bit below like boiling, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, and then I have a like 1 to 15 coffee to water ratio. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's what I would recommend like starting with. If I use like 50 grams of coffee, I'm going to be um pouring 750 grams of water, which okay. is like about 2 cups worth yeah. for me, like depending on like this is like my average morning. Yeah. I would say start with like a baseline and then you can start like tweaking either like going down with your ratio. So like mm-hmm. one to 10, if you mm-hmm. want something like more um, like less water down or like increase like your ratio if you want it sure. more water down. Okay. Um, go- making your grind size smaller is going to have a bigger extraction time for two reasons well okay so um a smaller grind is going to increase the time that your coffee and water are in contact with each other resulting in a longer extraction and the longer that you spend like extracting your coffee the more caffeine you're gonna get ah okay so 
that is also going to like obviously affect the amount of caffeine in your coffee cup. Um, that is also going to affect the taste of the coffee because it's going to be more bitter because caffeine okay. is like bitter. So like that might okay. mess with like your stomach and like stuff like that. So uh-huh. previously you had said like, you have to like kind of tinker with like the times you're going to have the coffee in relation to your workout and like um, how much you're going to have. I think if you really want to get like into it, you can also start messing around with how you're going to brew your coffee. And in all of these things, you have to go like back and forth a lot because you can really to find out what works for you. You can only change one factor at a time. Right. To control it. Yeah, exactly. So, Mm -hmm. um, but kind of going back to what I had said about extraction times and like the caffeine levels and how that is affected depending on how much time you're spending extracting your coffee. Um, an espresso shot is not going to have as much caffeine as for example, a cup of cold brewed coffee. Mm. And the reason being is that an espresso shot is like extracted in a matter of like 30 seconds versus a cup of cold brew that has spent like 16 to up to 24 hours being extracted. Mm, so okay. all that like kind of plays into it. Got it. I would say. Yeah. Okay. So give us some tips. You gave us some tip earlier for people that need to watch acidity. So what else could they do? And the, they chose their blend. Let's say they chose a darker blend, right? Um, mm-hmm. What else could they do in the way that they brew their coffee in the morning? I would say, um, aside from like how they're brewing it, maybe adding like a splash of milk. Okay. Like either whatever milk of their choice they want or like pairing it with like a light snack, if that's going to affect like their stomach acid. Does um, the coarseness of the brew also affect the acid because of how much is extracted then? Yeah. So maybe go coarser. Okay. For that matter. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I use a Chemex too. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I AeroPress, but yes. <laughs> I like the AeroPress. It's it's interesting, but um, for like my, my go-to is the Chemex. Yes. So we camp a lot, which is where the AeroPress comes in oh, sometimes cool. too. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about my Chemex packing it, you know, yeah. delicately. Yeah. Because Chemex is glass. For those that don't know. <laughs> yeah. But. It's super. It looks like a science. Um, like a beaker. Yeah. Like a beaker. <laughs> it does. It looks like a science beaker. Yes. These are really excellent tips. I don't think I've ever heard them on a podcast for runners before. So I think that's really fascinating. And I think people will find this useful. I hope I hope they find it as useful as I did. Thank you for all those tips about that. Um, I do want to touch on caffeine use and why you also might want to use it when you're ultra running. So caffeine is known in other endurance sports as well, whether it's tri or cycling, but the the couple main things are that it's used for times when you're going to have a lot of exhaustion from physical effort from that long effort, or when you're going to be sleepy because you've been out there for a long time and you're likely exerting yourself past 
the time of your natural circadian cycle. And that means, let's say you're running 16 hours, then you are going to be running way past your body's normal bedtime. And when you hit that period, your body's going to be fighting, wanting to go to sleep, wanting to not perform. And that is something that you can curb with a little bit of help from caffeine, be it a cup of coffee when you come into an aid station, or maybe you've even packed a little bit of coffee for yourself. You know, (laughs) that is something that you can do ahead of time. And again, you still stick to the 30 to 60 minutes ahead of time. If you're supplementing, maybe you had coffee before your run, and then you're out there and you're supplementing with caffeinated gels, same thing. You want to do it 30 to 60 minutes ahead of time. And that will give you the boost you need when you need it, if you plan for it. And it can be just enough to give you a little bit more energy, give you a little pep in your step, but it's also something that can help a lot of people be even safer out on the trail. Because when you get tired, you can get lost. You can trip more easily. You can trip over your own feet for that matter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can wander. Some people start hallucinating more. There's all kinds of things that can happen. And so boosting with a little bit of caffeine is a way that you can enhance the situation a little bit to work in your favor. And it might just be that you need a little bit of a boost, even though you're okay, that little boost might help you place better or PR better for yourself. So Mm -hmm. something to factor into your training and your goal that you have coming up and to experiment with ahead of time. So you can find out what works for you and your body. Yeah. It increases like mental alertness. It does. Yes. And it can also increase the amount of physical energy that you're putting out there to do the effort. I've definitely noticed a difference when I'm out there and I know my athletes that use caffeine to um, enhance. So it's funny. I want to loop back to when I met you, Karen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I met Karen when I was crew leader at Cocodona 250 for an athlete that was there. And we had a team of pacers and crew members. And we met at one of the aid station stops and my runner needed a couple cups of coffee and there was (laughs) runner coffee and he loved it. And he was like, I want another. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. And, uh, he was also, needing some food. And of course that can be a challenge at times. And we were able to get a fair amount of food in with that coffee, but I believe, didn't I meet you? It was like, it was late at night. I think it was like 10 o'clock at night Uh when I met you. Yeah. (laughs) That particular aid station. And we had to find a place to eat before the runner got there and then wait for the runner. So it was, uh, so the the station we were at is Whiskey Row. Yes. Which I guess is like one of the bigger ma- or one of the like main stations. Yes. Um this year in particular, I guess right I don't know if you knew about this but like or how many people were like aware. Um they had had some fires like a couple weeks right before mm-hmm. the the race. Yeah. So they had to like re kind of route the race and like whiskey row is usually reached like at a later part in the race normally so this year I think it was like 50 miles they reached it like 50 miles earlier yeah um but it's one of like I guess the bigger 
aid stations and like it's like a party because there there was like a pizza vendor yes. they had like a bunch of snacks music. If I'm not mis- <laughs> yeah music um they could the runners could like take a chance to take a nap there mm-hmm. if I'm yeah not it was mistaken. a sleep station mm-hmm. yeah it was a sleep station so that was interesting um that that was really cool i'm doing it again this year at the same spot same spot i believe nice. yeah it's it's like a courtyard area that you were in yeah between Which and is, they, <laughs> they work really well i had no idea what it was going to be like at first and so, like, I knew I was, like, doing this ultra race in the desert of Arizona. <laughs> so, I was, like, imagining, like, just a desert. Like, I didn't actually know what I was getting into until, like, the date got closer. And I was, I was like, kind of relieved. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm not going to have to figure out, like, where I can plug all this stuff in and stuff. Yeah. Definitely. Um, they have a nice sleep area there that's inside of a building that the courtyard is, the courtyard basically sits in the middle of like two buildings between two buildings Mm -hmm. and they have a sleep station on one side. And then in the courtyard, they had a fire pit, they had music, Mm -hmm. they had the pizza vendor, they had Karen and runner coffee, and they had other people providing some snacks and things. And it was a good spot. And then we, we could roll up and find other food options for crew, which is a big deal when you're out there for a week mm-hmm. crewing somebody and you want something other than what you packed. And yeah. then you can also see the runners come in so you can help cheer them on and have a nice setup for your runner. And they're set out on a long uh, leg after that. So it's really good to give them a boost. And the next longer stop they had, I think wasn't for another four or five hours. So it was good to check in with them and they were pretty exhausted after <laughs> Yeah. After so that was, the whiskey row. Uh, oh, they got exhausted after? Well, even before, because they were doing all the heat of the afternoon before they came in and they were fairly exposed. And right. Yeah. So they, I, you were right though, this year, for those that don't know, Cocodona, or I should say last year, it's already happened. They did reroute. It was almost 70 miles of the race that they had to reroute okay. because there was fires and so that rid did really change the course a lot this year, but Aravipa, who puts on the race, did a very good job of rerouting, and they had to take into account where the aid stations are, the elevation they sit at, the timing of them, of when they would have hit them in the original race route, and when they would hit them now with a reroute, so that they didn't have to do more work than they needed to to redo their setup, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of logistics that go into that. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a station. I was like going to be there for 24 hours mm-hmm. straight mm-hmm. because that's like the time that like mm-hmm. they anticipate the runners will be running through. But that whole experience was obviously like fun and like very cool to like be like introduced to a new group of like the running community. But it was also like very educational as like as far as how coffee the more I do this, like the more I realize, like man, coffee and running like do complement each other so perfectly, and that experience in and of itself was like so educational for me in that yeah. sense. Sure, because like I actually got to see and witness like how this product can help runners, mm-hmm. and um, I I may not be like the 
like an expert on like the science of all this, but like, I know, like, for example, if someone was going to go in there to try to take a nap, that they probably weren't going to have the coffee before, but like after, because it's going to affect like their ability to, to sleep or if they weren't planning to stop long at mm-hmm. all, that that might have been like the first time they were going to intake caffeine for that race. Cause mm-hmm. it was like early on enough in the race to where maybe they didn't start with anything and they're like slowly ramping up so mm-hmm. that, at the peak of like whenever they're going to need it the most, they haven't like overdone it earlier to yeah. where like it has affected them negatively. Exactly. Yeah. So there is something I should bring up that you reminded me of. It's called the caffeine nap. For those that are not going to stop for a very long period of time, they can take their coffee before they can like fill up on food, drink a cup of coffee and then lay down for a nap right after they drink it. And if they take, you know, maybe a 20 minute nap, 20 to 30 minutes, they can wake up. And then that's when the caffeine kicks in. Because again, we say the recommendation is 30 to 60 minutes before you need it. So if they take that and then close their eyes, get a little shut eye and then wake up, it gives them a little bit of immediate boost for right when they need it. If they're going to take a longer nap, maybe a couple hours or whatnot, then no, (laughs) just wait and take your coffee after or take your caffeine after but there is, that is a known thing, the caffeine nap. <laughs> yeah. Um, something else I found interesting, which now I'm like, duh. Okay. Note to self. Um, I came prepared with like zero calorie sweeteners just because I thought like either people are going to want it black or they're not going to want like sugar. I was so wrong about that. Thankfully I brought regular sugar as well, but everyone was like asking for milk, which I brought Oatly. And sugar because the runners wanted the calories and yes. the carbs and yes yeah so I was like okay good to know I don't know why I didn't think that they obviously are exerting so much energy that they need it yes and ultra running it's often different because we are we're out there for so long and the little bit of sugar is a good thing for us to take in yeah because um, we are we're basically burning so much it's hard to us to keep our calorie content up to the level of what we're burning. So it's good for them to have regular sugar in there or honey is also a good one if they like honey, but I don't like honey in my coffee. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's other sweeteners too. You can do agave and such, but sugars will be readily used by the body in this situation. So yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Good reminders. Any other tips you have for us with our athletes and brewing their cup of coffee with their nerdy stats? Um, I would say two things. Um, Number one, I I think this is like maybe not necessarily with, well, yeah, kind of to do with coffee, but like know your body, know like how coffee affects you normally. I guess know how much coffee like you normally intake and if taking less of it because you think that like having more the day of is going to help you like be aware that that might not always be as helpful as you might think mm-hmm. um if you're doing something that is like working for you or like not affecting you negatively maybe don't change it mm-hmm. um and that everything is good in moderation and that not all the myths we hear about coffee are necessarily true yeah. i know like a big one we hear is like it causes like dehydration mm-hmm. 
But I would say if you're drinking it like in a moderate amount, a good life rule is everything in moderation, but um, it shouldn't necessarily cause dehydration. And if it does cause you like use the bathroom, just replenish those fluids Mm -hmm. is what I would recommend. Definitely. Yeah. Like one to two glasses of water um, for a cup. So if you're doing one to two cups of coffee, regular cup of coffee in a day, it's fine. If you're doing excess of that, then you need to really look at how that's affecting you. And that means intake more water for sure, because you're already supposed to be taking in more water if you're an endurance athlete, but also look at the timing of when you're drinking that and how it might affect you in the rest of your day or night, because it may be affecting your sleep and you don't even know it. You might have better sleep quality if you stuck to that couple cups in the morning and didn't do it past, you know, 11 a.m. So definitely Mm -hmm. experiment with that. And as Karen said, and we reminded you earlier, experiment with this in your practice in running. When you go out, you're going to go for a trail run. You're going to go for a run. Try what you're thinking of trying later when you're going to practice because you think, oh, on race day, I'm going to have three cups of coffee and I normally only drink one or two. You want to try that one day to see how that's going to affect you because it may negatively affect you and you may see no improvement or you may see a slight improvement and you feel just fine and that's your go-to, but you need to try it. Don't try it on race day. Don't try it on your specific day because that could backfire real quick. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And then to any runner, I would highly recommend start brewing your own coffee. I know it's so much easier and convenient to like go to a coffee shop and maybe want to like buy it there, just like a quick grab and go. But the more you can be hands on with like your brewing process, the better and like more precise you can be about it. And the more knowledge you have of what you're actually intaking, I would say. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's always better to same of your diet just to control and know exactly what you're, you're bringing into it, then you can Mm -hmm. know exactly how much caffeine, exactly how much acid. And as Karen gave us earlier, the type of grind, the temperature of water, right? And I think that really makes a difference in, in what you're doing. So those are great tips, Karen. Really appreciate it. Thank you. This was awesome. (laughs) This was awesome. If you really enjoyed what we talked about today and you would like to continue to help support ultra ladies in some way or the ultra ladies podcast, the education that we bring you and the content we bring you on our social channels. Um, please check out her website, which is runnercoffee.com. Right. I want to make sure I give this to them correctly here. Let me go here. <laughs> runnercoffeeco.com. Okay. So runnercoffeeco.com. And there is a more ultra less lady blend. We'll link it in our show notes and 30% of the proceeds from that blend will go to back to ultra ladies to help us continually support women and offer some fun things in the future for some people who might need it. might need a little help. So definitely thank you. And Karen and her company runner coffee company are a sponsor of the ultra ladies this year. We're really excited to have you on and really appreciate all you do. And I hope you really enjoyed this chat with us. Thanks for being here, Karen. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was a blast. Who likes coffee? Runner's Coffee Company brews and packages their own beans to give you the cleanest, freshest coffee possible. With the only ingredient being coffee, 
you can count on the delicious cup every time. Grab a bag of more Ultra Less Lady Blend and 30% will be donated back to help support the education of more women in the sport of ultra running. Use code ULTRALADIES for 15% off at checkout at runnerscoffeeco.com. Thank you, friends, for listening today. Your support helps us continue to bring you valuable content. So remember to like, subscribe, and share on your preferred channels. You can connect with us personally on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Links to those as well as our production team, sponsors, and guests can be found in the show notes. Female owned and supported, The Ultra Ladies Show is also made possible with help from Crystal at Crystal Sonic Lab, a fellow run-loving working mom who is a talented sound engineer. Our music was created by Catherine, a spunky nine-year-old who's already running towards amazing things. Till next time, let's go out there and be more ultra, less lady.